evening, good afternoon, good morning, or whatever day and time it is. It is us, EPPS 2021, Everything Paranormal Podcast Show 2021, for your July 16th, 2022, on a Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, or whatever day it is. I'm your host, Paramike, that gothic woman over there. She's the lovely. I'm Paralord. That's right. Welcome to tonight's show. Hey, our moderator's here. Hey, Gloria. I'm falling a little behind here. <laughs> Not paying attention. There she <laughs> is. Beautiful dog, by the way. Ah, Last episode, which was fantastic, I want to say thank you to all that wished myself a 45th birthday. And our 13-year anniversary of our wedding. Thank you very much. It was a blast, but it was also hot as hell. Oh, Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> um, we ended up um, reviewing episode 59. Yeah. Holy shit, I got blown away. <laughs> huh? What? Raspberry with me tonight. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to ask. Why? I didn't even get a chance. What the fuck are y'all drinking? drinking? She already beat me to the punch. How dare you? <laughs> what the fuck are you guys drinking? <laughs> I don't know, unfortunately. I'm drinking soda. I'm drinking my Pepsi. I don't feel like making um, drinks tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit too hot. Um, I'm trying something new on my camera here um, that StreamYard has provided and after they fixed it finally. Um, I know I'm kind of like zooming in and out. Most parts ain't showing up. I think they still need to work a little bit more on it. But I think it's awesome. I tried to do it for Paralors, but it wasn't coming out too right for her. No. So I'll be working on some other additional backgrounds that I have and put them up on my side and on Paralore's side. Um, the new trick is for her to be on them as the same thing with what you see here. You got a piano over here, fireplace right there, door over here, window right there, couch right there. Um, I actually logged in and gave her access to the stream so she can see the comments and why I'm looking over here in case if I miss them, like if it comes from Facebook, uh, she can catch them before I do because I'm trying to keep an eye on our YouTube studio to make sure everything's working correctly. Tough job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was my decision to actually give her access into the entire stream yard that I control on this side. And she can also control on her side now for the banners and read the comments from like the Facebook part if I don't catch it because I'm doing YouTube. And I everything. even have it up on my phone. Huh? I got YouTube up on my phone. Yeah. And she's also, um, also monitoring YouTube a different way, which is basically the live stream itself. Not in the studio, but just YouTube book. It's uh, so yeah, YouTube book. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm like 
way ahead of myself here. Um, but anyways, back to 59. There was some really odd, creepy shit that was yeah. really nuts. Um, during the entire show, I think it was um, dark and everything. Yep. I didn't have my headphones on my head, as you guys can see right now. I had them off, and our moderator was on. Paralora had her headset still on, but it was kind of creepy that she heard exactly what I heard and our <laughs> moderator heard at the same time. And I don't know if our moderator had headphones on or not. If she was like me, no headsets on at the time. Um, her, her and I both heard a loud whistle when I did not have my headsets on and it sounded like it was right in here. On the opposite side of the studio, which is that way, I have three windows open. And I looked outside before that whistle came around. Didn't see anybody outside, but then it was, oh, you had headphones, had headphones on. on. Okay, so Paralore and our moderator had headphones on. Damn it. I didn't. And all three of us heard that damn whistle after I looked outside and nobody was out there. Creepy. But I don't know if you went back through the whole thing with headphones on. But there was a second whistle that I didn't hear. Paralor didn't hear. I know that. No. Until we reviewed it and there was a second whistle. Same thing, but it was lowered instead of the first one. I was like, how did we not hear that? Here, show these. These were after the whistles, right? Uh, or before the whistles? Before. Okay. One was before the whistle, and the second one was after. Okay. Um, let me do this real quick, because I know it's not going to show up correctly. I just need to shut my virtual background down for a few minutes. There we go. Uh, I didn't hear it. Okay. Um I'll give you the timestamp um, in the message as soon as we get to it. But before the whistle, Parallel was doing a review. I don't remember what day it was. Uh, it was the day after. Day after? Yeah. Okay. I know, because I was. Uh, I came back from my walk. Okay. Um, Parallel was going through the whole thing by herself. I was not, because I needed some time off. I still needed to relax due to the fact that I have been running around more than Paralore has. My feet, my legs, my back, and my arms were hurting so bad because of a walk I had to do. Um, she's going through the video and everything, and she stops it. She comes. She gets me. I come back in here. I'm looking at see? it. <laughs> huh? I says, they, what do you see? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like looking, and at first I didn't see anything. I said, okay, well, let me try a different look. Turn my head like this to the monitor. And I'm like looking up in the far corner, which would be this side of the screen. And I'm like, what in the fuck is that? 
it took me a while to figure it out, but I finally saw the shape of it. I saw what was there, and I said, okay, I think I can draw this on a piece of paper just in lead pencil. I haven't drawn in, like, 14 years of me being young and goofy, but funny, uh, since I was on the radio station and everything. And I used to draw back then. I used to draw pictures of her in different outfits, different hairstyles, different colors. Was really, really good at it. Now I barely can draw anymore. But I did try my best on this. So let me fold this in half here. And this was what I saw. In the video that Paralor uh, had me review, and it was up here in the corner behind her. Yeah, like over here. Right? A little bit more. Right about there where her hand is, where her thumb's pointing up. Yeah. was right in that entire area. And I drew it. I'm like, what the hell is it? It looked like something from a really bad horror movie that was like an F-rating movie, but yet made millions off of it. But I couldn't tell what the hell it was. But I could could see, you know, shoulders. I could see rib cages. I could see the sternum and a body outline. It looked like a blistering fish is what I called it. But it was way different. Yeah, and you heard a loud crash after you said that. <laughs> yeah, and we weren't even live when I said that. It was a loud freaking crash. I'm like, what the fuck? And then the second one was absolutely fucking shocking, but really amazing. Freaky. Now, I'm like I said, I'm not that best of a drawer, but right a little bit below where Paralore's headphone is right here where you can see the her headphone microphone right there he's like right at my face (laughs) that ended up showing up now if you guys ever been in school and you've seen you know like skeletons in uh, biology labs or health class you know you want to become a doctor or a nurse and they have these skeletons in there this was so fucking perfect it was unbelievable it was an exact perfect replica of a full 3d skeleton head neck shoulders rib cage sternum i was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) that looks like frank from a horror movie too but done very well. Literally. Literally. Now, if I can go back one day through that video, I will try to find out exactly what area it is, try to copy it out of it the way it is, figure out a way to put like a circle around it or an arrow around it, try to blow it up, and then put it on the next show as a slide 
video or something. And then the second part, do the same thing and let you guys actually see it. And then you guys can go back to it. I will try to have a timestamp, though, on yeah. both things. So you guys can go back, rewatch that part, freeze it, and see if you can actually see it. So what I'll do is, is I'll take the original film, make that into a, a regular video. Then I will put the other two parts with the same video and have like either an arrow or a circle around the thing if I can do it. And you guys can judge for yourselves what you guys see. And if it matches us, that would be a hell of a shocker that they saw it on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, which we are live on a regular Facebook page, live on YouTube, and hopefully the Facebook group that I have up is also doing the same thing. I haven't been able to check it yet, but I will soon. But throughout the rest of it, we heard a loud whistle with me not having my headset on. Then, what was it, about 14, 15 minutes later in the video, there was the same whistle but lower. Yeah. Which I didn't hear, shockingly. And then there were some voices mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And it was not one of our three podcast kitties. It wasn't Paralore. It wasn't me. It wasn't outside. It wasn't next door. But it was strange. I haven't gone over the audio file yet, but hopefully soon I will. Um, my health has been a little wacky. Mine too. And... <laughs> yeah. I've been <laughs> kind of seeing something about that group. I'm a little skeptic on them, though, but hey. But um, my health has been getting a little wacky again. Um, my power port, which I have talked about previously in other episodes, has been having a mind of its own. And lately, it has not been working correctly. So um, August 3rd, next month, I have to go to the local hospital and get a special test done for my power port to see what is wrong. Now, I don't know what, how this test is going to really work. I haven't yeah. had a consultation about it, but I have to go wicked early in the freaking morning on August 3rd. Not a kosher thing for me, but I have to do it, so... I don't know if there will be a weekend podcast show after the third. I don't know how I'm going to feel. But if there is, and I feel decent enough to do it, Paralore will let you guys know on our Facebook page and everything. And I might pop in for a while. I may not. Paralore may be doing the entire podcast show herself. 
and everything, but I'll just be the one controlling things from behind the scenes and stuff like that. But anyways, um, we got a lot more stuff to go over that we haven't uh, gotten to. And some more explanations of certain things that I kind of had questions from the last episode, but really didn't get to ask them. Yeah. And everything, but it's okay. Um, might be some questions I might have from the last episode to this one for her new stuff that she has. But I did send her a story and I had a looked at it because I was kind of in between the thing of it. Yeah. And I wanted her to look at it and discuss it, but she said, to me nothing to do with what you thought it was yeah uh, it was um what the hell was it time crystals time crystals that's it because i've never heard of it and i'm like well okay well let's see it's time crystals what the hell are they how do they fit into crystals crystals how does it fit into rituals how does it fit into the witchcraft, how does it fit into certain areas? Can it be paranormal? Mm-hmm. I don't know. She looked at it and she says it was bullshit. No. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, that just answered my questions on that uh, aspect of it. But the second one I sent you, uh, I think it was kind of interesting, but more un- under un- understandable to me, if that's well, the mean- correct word. I'm in my um, email right now. Do you remember which one? Um, it had to do with witches. Oh, I yeah. Believe. I see it. I forgot the full name of it, but I remember it had to deal with witches, and I forgot if I sent the subject to it or you I just typed it. it in or it. just a link. Yeah, I got it. This is something I want to know. Mm-hmm. Just by what I sent you, but I'm not going to say the title of it because I can't remember the damn thing. Don't worry about it. I'm looking right at it. <laughs> I know because you're going to read it because I want you to read it. Yeah, but I will. My question is, after you read the whole thing, so I'm going to ask it now. How does that type of information fit into any type of categories in the spectrum realm? of what is out there today mm. and from back then in the past oh. up to now. Okay. I know I said that out of order, ladies and gentlemen, but she understands where I'm going with what I say because my yeah. head still hurts. I do. <laughs> <laughs> my head still hurts because I had a long journey. What day was it? Oh. On the twelfth, I had a very long journey, so I'm still recovering. So I'm gonna let Paralord read this, and then she can answer my questions that I just threw out there. If you guys have any questions, or you have an answer to this, or an explanation, comment below on Facebook if you're on our Facebook page. The group side, I understand that. Um, 
according to the message here, is not working. I will work on that, guys, for the group part of our Facebook page. I will try to do it. And on YouTube, if you're on there, either chat this side or comment below. So here is Paralord to read this story. Um, well, I was actually going to save that one, but for me to do it now... What wasn't working? The Facebook group part is not working. Who said that? That's what uh, is on here. Uh, if you look up in the top left-hand or right-hand corner, yeah, you see where it's just the microphone, the flaming microphone? Yeah. You see the one where it's actually our background for the show? That I started yeah. up with, and the other microphone. That one there in the middle is not doing uh, comments. Oh, really? Yes. How did you find out? Uh, it says can't post comments to some destinations. That's what I said to you before you went live. Yeah, the re- the first one and the third one, we can get comments on. It's the middle one that is not getting comments for, hmm. which I have to work on. Uh, let's see. That's why I only put the uh, YouTube one out. Yeah, Because I, I knew the Facebook one was going to have problems. Again. Well, just because it's a group version, I have to figure out a way to get that to work. Okay. But at least they, if they could watch it, it'll be great. Um, 45 witch quotes. That leave everyone spellbound. That's the one you sent me. I was actually going to save that, but... Well, if you want to save it, go ahead then. Well, hopefully you remember the question then. Yeah, I, I will. Okay. Just after you read the title again, then I would throw the question to you before you yeah. read the whole thing. Okay. We have been seeing a whole lot lately of what I call Alcatraz. Dealing with the owner and CEO having relations Um, let me see here. Uh, I can find the right one I said to myself here. Uh, oh, okay. That was July 8th. Okay. In other words, it's Vin- it's a Vince McMahon sex scandal. Um, it's legit. Someone from, um, had leaked out of a former paralegal that worked for him. And 
I'm not gonna say the woman's name because that's just that's just bullshit. But not surprisingly, there's actually more to the whole Vince McMahon sex scandal. Allegations of additional payments to four women, all of whom previously worked for the WWE Alcatraz, according to reports. Vic, Vince McMahon's back road to a seat as we were Alcatraz, World Wrestling Entertainment's chairman and CEO, CEO slash owner, just got a whole lot more treacherous thanks to more allegations. What's wrong with my mouth? Allegations of hush payments. In other words, to keep the women that he's supposedly slept with, to keep from opening their mouths, he pays them off. Subscribe. Thanks, Gloria. Let people know that on Facebook, too. I'm, in, I'm actually in the group of Facebook, and it is working. It is working? It is showing a live video, and we just got a like on it. Okay. From Wesley Way. If I said that correctly, I'm sorry. If I messed up, I'm sorry. It's W A U G H. Okay. This is how the last name is. If I pronounced it wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. <coughs> and they can chat with us on that page as well because I just did a test of it. Okay. And I'm shocked it actually worked. So we can get two Facebooks and YouTube. So for the group, it will show up just the main account with your name on it mm -hmm. for the group. Um, a lot more treacherous thanks to more allegations of hush payments ballooning the total dulled out to more than $12 million dollars. Over the last two decades, those large alleged transactions were to cover alleged infidelity and sexual misconduct. According to the Wall Street Journal report, four women, all of whom used to work for We Were Alcatraz, World Wrestling Entertainment, and therefore the McMahon family allegedly signed agreements with McMahon that prohibit them from discussing potential legal claims against or their relationships with him. The original WSJ report on McMahon and fellow We were Alcatraz, World Wrestling Entertainment, executive 
John, I'm a fucking douchebag at Lauren Ennis. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I want to slap that bastard so bad. Mainly because of what he said to my face. Paying hush money for past alleged relationships came out June 15th and forced McMahon to step down from his corporate responsibilities. Not his head of creative role, though, where he gives the final say on storylines and matches. And if people are wondering how old this guy is, he's 72 years old. I don't even want to picture a 72-year-old Getting it on with a younger female. I know age is a number. Once you pass 18, I know it's in the number. But, come on. It's disgusting. There are porn sites for that, Vince. Uh... The Wall Street Journal has published a second story with expanded details of its initial WWE report last month. We want to reiterate that we and our board of directors take these allegations seriously. We've been cooperating fully with the investigation led by our board of directors and will continue to do so until its conclusion. Please note that upon its conclusion, WWE leadership will make itself available to answer any questions you may have. No, they ain't. Oh, I'm sorry. 76 years old. I was up by a few years. He's 76 years old. Largest alleged settlement is a $7.5 million, million dollar payment to a former wrestler also who claims McMahon coerced her into performing oral sex on him before a subsequent demotion. According to this former wrestler, McMahon demoted her and then later declined to renew her contract with WWE in 2005 after resisting further sexual encounters. The unnamed wrestler and her attorney allegedly went to McMahon in 2018 to negotiate the payment for silence. Also released as part of Friday's report, was an alleged 2008 non-disclosure agreement from a former company contractor who presented WWE with unsolicited nude photos. Ugh. Good thing I haven't eaten yet. Of McMahon, she allegedly received from him she allegedly told people within the company to not only have received the photos from McMahon, 
but that he allegedly sexually harassed her on the job. McMahon allegedly paid her around $1 million to remain quiet. A 2006 agreement was also allegedly made with a former manager who worked for WWE, we were Alcatraz, for a decade before McMahon initially initiated a sexual relationship with her. She was also allegedly paid $1 million for her silence. The original hush payment to become public was a $3 million pact made this January between McMahon and a former company paralegal for a consensual sexual relationship. In other words, McMahon pays this chick $3 million, brings her to his office, bangs her on the table underneath a, uh, a T-Rex head. WWE Board of Directors is investigating McMahon's agreement with the paralegal and the 2018 deal with the wrestler per WSJ. According to the journal, the board is also investigating an alleged sexual relationship between I'm a douche, douchebag Laurinaitis and the same former company paralegal and the allegations of a $1.5 million NDA paid to another WWE employee in 2012. I'm a douchebag, is better known as Johnny Ace or Big Johnny. One of the worst wrestlers on the planet. And does not know shit about the business. I don't give a fuck who he's related to. I've been into bit fucking wrestling. Met the guy once. Maybe twice. Didn't like me. Because I was a whole lot different than other females. I was willing to go against men. For their titles. As soon as I mentioned China, that making money, the guy did not like me. Anyway, as WWE's talent uh, head of talent relations, he is not a talent. He wouldn't know a talent if it kicked him in the face. Oh, wait, that was me. For several years before stepping down in 2012. Bullshit, he didn't step down my ass. 
taking a lesser role in the company. That's the same year as the alleged NDA. McMahon had re-promoted him to the role last year. Shocking. But I'm a douchebag, Laurinaitis, who is also an occasional on-screen performer. <laughs> is currently on administrative leave from the company, her WSJ. He's fired. He's completely fired. <laughs> uh, McMahon has yet to comment publicly on the inquiry up into him or on the douchebag Laurinaitis. But the WWE has stated it is cooperating with the board's inquiry. The investigation to Mc, into McMahon and I'm a douchebag Laurinaitis has given second thought to the motives behind the leave of absence from the company by Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon's daughter and fellow WWE executive. She briefly departed the WWE in May this year in what was described as 100% her own decision, but returned to the family business as the company's interim CEO and chairwoman. The nepotism signals Vince previously had no intentions to permanently leave or sell the WWE. According to a report from Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Vince McMahon's family isn't implicated in the investigation. Stephanie's former position of WWE's board of directors did mean she would have had information about the investigation before her hiatus began. Um, last time I checked, there was no mention of WWE getting sold or being considered to be sold to sell. Okay. McMahon booked himself to appear on WWE television several times after the first allegations were made public to a tone-death move to a positive reaction from the crowd. The audience usually pops for his No Chance in Hell theme song and his ridiculous strut to the ring. Despite his embattled status in the company. Multiple online reports also indicated a company-wide backstage meeting where before the WWE's latest pay-per-view event, Money in the Bank, led by Stephanie, to discuss the, for the future of the company. Both McMahon's as well as Triple H, Paul Levesque, Stephanie's actual husband, 
and a 14-time WWE World Champion were seen ringside at a UFC pay-per-view later that evening. Who the fuck is sneezing? Either Gizmo or Patches. Our Tupac has kitties. Who knows? Any further WWE succession plans will also likely involve President Nick Khan, who has no relation to all elite wrestling, AEW, CEO and owner Tony Khan. WWE's Khan took over most of Stephanie's responsibilities after her interim leave of absence. He's been an influential figure behind the scenes for the WWE since his hiring in August 2020. Everyone's shit sandwich. That was it for that. I believe. Yeah, it was. Um... There's that one. Um, I know there's another one. Let me find it. Um, when you mentioned about the company being sold or um, being considered to be to sell, there's no way. I remember that for some strange reason right now. Um, as far as I can remember back, um, Vince McMahon wanted to sell the building where the corporate office is right now in Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. And he was, he was trying to purchase a burger building somewhere else in Connecticut to where he was the building was up for sale he wanted to purchase it and then put the other building where the company sits right now up for sale fortunately the deal with the other building fell through so the main building is still theirs so that the deal between the two buildings fell through ah okay that's where that's why I said that Vince McMahon was planning on selling WWE. It wasn't the company itself. It was just the main building that they're in in Stanford, Connecticut, trying to buy a new building somewhere else in Connecticut because it was a bigger building. Uh-huh. Due to the fact at the time, uh, WWE was actually growing. Oh, okay. Now, due to the fact that they have the performance center somewhere else, and they were trying to buy this other building. They were going to buy this other building, move the headquarters to there, and move the performance center into that building to where it's just one huge thing. Uh-huh. That's what was going on back then. But like I said, the deal with that other building did not happen. It actually fell apart. Uh-huh. Just a little insight for you guys. Okay, next one on the subject. WWE stars 
frustrated at Vince McMahon over scandal. Shocking. WWE superstars are said to be extremely frustrated at Vince McMahon over his handling of allegations made against him and John I'm a douchebag Laurinaitis according to a new report. Back in June the new st- the Wall Street Journal first published reports surrounding WWE's board of directors investigating Vince McMahon over a three million dollar payment he made to a former employee he met he allegedly had an affair with a follow-up report on the 8th of July this month this year said that McMahon has allegedly paid 12 million dollars to four different women over the years in return for their silence. One woman is reported to be a former on-air talent that McMahon is said to have coerced into giving him oral sex. And when further sexual advances were rejected, He demoted the talent before releasing her in 2005. As a result of the investigation, Vince McMahon has stepped back from his role as WWE Chairman and CEO. CEO. What is wrong with my mouth? CEO. Being replaced at on an interim basis with Stephanie McMahon, his daughter. Despite this, Vince McMahon still retains control over the company's creative direction and has appeared on screen several times since the allegations became public. Fightful Select has issued a new report which looks at the backstage reaction toward McMahon McMahon's handling of the scandals surrounding him. An unnamed source is quoted as saying that McMahon's response to the situation fluctuates between no selling and outright defiance. McMahon is said to have shouted, fuck him. After returning backstage following his June 17th this month, last month, this year, show of SmackDown appearance, the same day McMahon stepped back from his chairman and CEO rule roles. The report adds the rumors of McMahon's behavior were known in within the writing team with a former writer for the company saying that McMahon's activities were a half-joking excuse to why he was late to meetings. The belief 
is that head of talent relations, John, I'm a douchebag, Lauren Ettis, who is also under investigation, is done, in quotes, with WWE. The report describes talk of a golden parachute in quotations deal that will help take care of I'm a douchebag Lornettis and a company higher up quotations stated that Johnny Ace's ninth wife is about to be lost. Yeah. Not, oh, not wife. Life. Johnny Ace, Ace's ninth life is about to be lost. WWE talent is said to have expressed displeasure and extreme frustration with Vince McMahon's handling of the situation. Although none are about are able to talk publicly about it. <sighs> Let me see. Get rid of that one. I'm done with this one. Um, ah. Chris Jericho. If people don't know who, who Chris Jericho is, you've been under a fucking rock. And get the fuck out the room. No need to introduce yourself. AEW's Chris Jericho comments on Vince McMahon's scandal. He's not with the company, so he can say what the fuck he wants. AEW star Chris Jericho appeared on the True Geordi podcast podcast to talk about his career. The topics include Brock Lesnar, his inspirations, future plans, WWE, AEW, and more. Jericho has also asked to give his thoughts on the Wall Street Journal, reporting on Vince McMahon paying out millions to women who worked for him at WWE. Jericho was asked if he's surprised that Vince McMahon allegedly paid out millions of dollars to women. In Chris Jericho's words, he says, not really. I mean, it is a surprise in any industry when it happens. And really, you know, when you look at it, it's really not illegal. He had an affair, paid the lady off to not say anything, and moved on. So it's almost like, okay, and people want to jump on it. But there's still always an undertone of it's wrestling. It's just wrestling. If you look at look, that story came out with a bang. Then you really haven't heard anything about it since. If this was Hollywood with 
Harvey Weinstein and that sort of thing. But the difference between that was he was holding women back from getting gigs. Harvey Weinstein. He would say, you either bang me or you don't get the starring role. In Vince's thing, there was a mutual acknowledgement of this affair. And then he paid the lady to say nothing and she took the money. So, you know, I really know I really know Vince well and it sucks that it happened. It sucks that he did it. But is anything really going to happen from it? I really don't think so. Jericho continued, I think that it'll come and go. And once again, is it morally right? Absolutely not. Is it illegal? No. Is it something that is going to get him in real trouble? I don't think so. Because once again, unfortunately, people will say, oh, it's just Vince McMahon. Oh, it's just wrestling. Of course, he's going to go to do that. So, you know, those things come and go and they happen. It's too bad. But I really think it doesn't really matter in the long run. And, you know, six months from now, I'll either be right or I'll be wrong. Jericho on who Vince McMahon is in real life says Vince is just the lad at heart. He's just a fucking dude. And yes, he is very intimidating and he's a billionaire. He doesn't intimidate me one bit. And he's, you know, the creator of this massive iconic company but deep down he's just a dude that likes to hang out likes to joke and likes to drink he's surrounded by yes men as most guys in that position are he doesn't want yes men sure he doesn't and i had a really good relationship with him I don't have much of a relationship with him now because obviously I don't work for him. So there's a little bit of a career issue, but if I text him right now, he texts me back in five minutes. Always. I loved working for Vince McMahon. I loved when Vince would challenge me and push me. And I also laugh when people say, oh, Vince has lost it, and oh, look at Vince, he's a terrible booker. And all this other stuff. Maybe it's not great sometimes, but you're also dealing with a guy who's been doing this for 40 years. Imagine doing doing this for 40 years. I remember when I left in 2005, I needed to get away. And he said to me, I wish I could good I wish I could get away sometimes, but I can't. Like 
kind of wistfully for like three seconds. And he was back to being Vince McMahon. Like, of course, it's hard to do this job. Uh, let me see here. Um, we are staying on Chris Jericho feed here. There's a story about Chris Jericho himself. Yes. Um, I just have to jump in here because something doesn't add up right with with what Jericho said. What? 40 years? Yeah. No. Well, shit, you look at Vince. Vince McMahon has not been running the company for 40 fucking years. There's no way. Yeah. He was not the owner of the company. He did not create the company. I think he's maybe talking about the decades he's been with it. There's no way, because Jericho wasn't around in WWE when it first started. He wasn't at the pay-per-views that they first started. No, he was a kid. And everything. And the 40-year part of Vince McMahon doing that? No. Good luck trying to challenge him on that. I honestly think Jericho got his numbers wrong. <laughs> due to the fact that McMahon Sr. built the company, yeah. owned the company, ran the company. Until he died. Until his son came into the picture as a interviewer. Announcer, yep. That doesn't count for being there for 40 years. Then he went from being an interview to a ring announcer. He went from that to commentary, and that's where he's been ever since until his father passed on, and then the company went down to Gorilla Monsoon. And after Gorilla Monsoon passed away, it went to Linda McMahon. And then when she left, that's when he took over, but that was not from the time he took over to now, it's not 40 years. Uh, yeah, but... That's where luck. I have to correct Jericho. It's not 40 good, years. Good luck. It's less than that. Good luck Way less. Good luck challenging him on it, because he will, he will argue. Oh, I know he will argue. <laughs> but then when he, lunch. <laughs> when, when he looks at the, at the statistics of it, when he does more research on it, everybody's going to say, no, it has not been 40 years. It's way less than that. I would say maybe 22 years. Might be a little bit lesser than that, but it's not 40 freaking years. I mean, how many WrestleManias are out there so far that we have seen? Uh, me personally... I haven't seen one since Jericho and Moxon left. So I really don't know how many there are right now. Mm. 
All right, back to your story about Jericho. Thank you. Chris Jericho opens up about an ailment that took him off AEW TV last year. At the end of 2021, Chris Jericho dealt with some very serious physical issues which kept him out of action for a couple of months. On the last episode, latest episode of Talk is Jericho, his podcast, the former AEW world champion opened up about a health scare that he had. I was really having problems walking, Jericho said. I was supposed to, to go do kind of a sideline reporting thing at one of the football games, one of the soccer games here in town. I basically had to cancel. About an hour later, I get a call. You have blood clots. We could tell by the blood that we drew. You have to go directly to the hospital. I was just thinking, give me some pills and I'm on my way. Jericho says. <laughs> Talking like a true wrestler. <laughs> true Hall of Famer. <laughs> give me some pills and I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be pills. I'll be on my way. I'll be fine. Da, 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 da. No, you dumbass. I know what they are and they fucking hurt. They tell me very soon after, yes, you've had a pulmonary embolism. What does that mean? It means that your lungs are filled with blood clots. And you're now staying in the hospital. They went and did an ultrasound. and found that there was evidence of a clot that had been in my throat. Now, if a clot gets in your throat, that's getting into stroke territory. Jericho was in the UK while this was happening. Oh, remember what it, where it said where he was supposed to do a Fozzie show? He had to cancel. Did he tweet yeah. that? Yeah. That's why. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> But yet I can't believe he says, oh, just give me pills. I'll be fine. Because he didn't know how bad it was. <clears throat> Is he that goddamn stupid? No. I he mean, th- as I a wrestler, had... no, as a wrestler, I see where Chris is coming from. You hear something like that, it's usually doctors will just give you a fucking pill to thin the blood out. Yeah, I know. That's what Chris was thinking. Just give me a few your blood thinners, he'll thin out the clot, the clot, and I'm on my way. He didn't really know. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> he didn't know. I mean, I wasn't even on uh, blood thinners when I had mine in my freaking legs. Oh, shit. And I was on my, I was trying to get back here and I was trying to walk and then I went right, right, right straight down. I didn't know what the hell was wrong with my legs until I went back into the ER room they did scans and says, oh, guess what? You have two blood clots in your right leg and one, a big one, in your left leg. 
Yeah, it's because fuck Allegheny didn't let you get up and walk. Yeah. I don't. And it I can't hurt. believe. I can't believe you didn't let me. Um, our former case manager wouldn't let me go to a fucking lawyer because that was a malpractice. People who know me even said that. Yeah, I understand that, but see, it's two different counties. Don't give a shit. How would you get yourself all the way out to Allegheny County to their courthouse for a certain case for me as a lawsuit and get back here? Call an Uber. That's how I kind of have to think of that shit right now. Call an Uber. (laughs) Jericho was in the UK while this was happening. Very far away from his home in North America and from AEW, where he was accustomed to performing weekly. He he had to get a CT scan and an ultrasound, and that wasn't the worst of it. They had told me that you need blood thinners, and I remember just waiting for this blood thinner, and I'm getting a little bit, like, freaked out. Jericho said. The shot goes right into my thigh. How? Better better that way instead of the ass. And I'm not sure if it's because it works faster or whatever it may be. But it hurt like a motherfucker. (laughs) It was horrible. Oxygen levels were supposed to be 100. You know. 98, 99, 100. Mine was down to 92. And they said, if this goes lower, we're going to have to put you on a breathing, not a breathing tube, but put you on oxygen. Oxygen. Jericho ended up losing weight following this scare and returned to wrestling and on AEW Dynamite. On January 26th. After not wrestling since November 13th. Since his return. He's reinvented himself as both the leader of the Jericho Appreciation Society. And as a self-proclaimed wizard. (laughs) And I said that to you like the other day. Like I bet you... This ailment probably gave him the I'm the wizard thing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm wizard! Ta-da! A dumbass wizard, maybe, because of that. But at least he actually... He's okay now. Um, oh, of see. course. But come on, some blood clots is not something to fucking play with. I know. Or just tell a doctor, oh, yeah, just give me some pills. I'll be fine. No, dumbass. Okay. Um, Blood clots are fucking more serious than a fucking stroke, cancer, or a tumor. I know. Blood clots can really fuck you up a lot more than the other ones I just said. It did me. Staying on the wrestling bit. 13 worst wrestling gimmicks from the past five years. 
people wondering, yes, wrestling, in my eyes, are part of the paranormal. I don't give a shit. You go to a fucking show, you think it's just going to sit in your ass? You feel it. You feel the fucking energy of people around you. You feel the, feel it when they're performing. Energy is energy. Energy has a paranormal feel to it. It may come as no surprise that most of the universally poorly received gimmicks in wrestling come out of WWE. But that doesn't mean there aren't bad gimmicks elsewhere, too. Whilst there have been several strong gimmicks across the board, the worst gimmicks can get a lot of headlines. Over the last five years, despite wrestling companies needing to learn from their mistakes, there have been, excuse me, there have been a fair few terrible characters that have been delivered to the audience. And with the backlash and poor reviews, some of them even kept going and pursuing with the gimmick. Whether that be them trying to make it work or even just them stubbornly continuing. Unfortunately, as much as wrestling fans love wrestling, the entire industry is riddled with issues. And some of those are brain-dead creative choices and poor gimmicks for wrestlers. This is commonplace across the board. And bad gimmicks come in several different ways. Sometimes it can be the core theme of the character, which is an issue. Sometimes it can be the presentation, which badly affects it. And sometimes it can just be a case of bad luck, timing, poor reception from the audience. In other words, if you're hearing crickets. Of course, the judgment of gimmicks can all be subjective. And there were some saving graces to some of the gimmicks mentioned here. Although, overall, they were poor and disastrously handled. What were you about to say? I was going to say that is a bit of a way understatement. (laughs) Okay. The first one in the list. King Corbin. (laughs) I knew he would be on a list, but I didn't know what one. Stupid. Make it may come no, as no surprise that this isn't the last, to- last time one of Baron Corbin's gimmicks is talked about as being up there with the worst in wrestling. Corbin's entrance itself isn't usually the problem. It is the receptive booking that comes with this character. Hearing Corbin talk about his kingdom wearing a crown 
that look, didn't look like it fit his head. And a cape that looked like he kept tripping over it. And cutting cliche heel promos with no true direction is mind-numbing. The King gimmick was uncreatively handled when it came to Corbett. And made him very hard to watch at times. Puke inducing. <laughs> House of Torture. The Bullet Club is far from what it was in the past. With the group running out of steam in recent years. A big part of the current downward spiral comes from the subgroup House of Torture. Led by evil, that's the person, I guess, the incessant use of interference, misdirections, and run-ins has become the subject of go-away heat from New Japan pro wrestling fans. The success of evil has been highly criticized especially since there is often a lack of true comeuppance following all these dirty finishes to matches. And his character hasn't screamed charisma since joining the Bullet Club. Now, Go Away Heat is basically... There's a, a specific type of booze. There's the regular booze, and there's the go away heat as in you're constantly getting heckled. Um, people get up and leaving. I mean, everybody knows what white heat is. White heat, that means people want to want to beat your ass. But go away heat. That's people getting up off the off their ass from their seat and walking out. I'm surprised this one's on the list. The Fiend Bray Wyatt. I didn't think his gimmick was the worst. It was actually pretty cool. The Fiend started off in a great way. With the highly acclaimed Firefly Funhouse segments thought I was watching Mr. Rogers only heard of it from JD from NY206 mentioning it. Mr. Rogers, Agent of Puff and Fluff, Barney the Dinosaur, Muppet, Sesame Street. It was like all rolled into one. The performance from Ray Wyatt was stellar and the debut of his alter ego went down a storm. However, WWE ruined it in no time with them not able to decide whether he was indestructible or not. The overuse of creepy and supernatural elements became tiresome, particularly in the pandemic era. It became too over the top convoluted and fox spooky with fans not able to take it seriously by the time white wrestled his last match 
in WWE. Okay. My... I don't know Bray Wyatt, shockingly. Duh. I don't know him. I didn't work in Alcatraz. I personally, I don't mind the creepy and supernatural elements. I personally, I didn't use them right away, but I kind of added it to my shit when I wrestled on the independent scene. But it wasn't over-the-top flashy shit. It was stuff to make it look like, wait, is that possible? Type of thinking. I mean, you can get... Um, if you know someone that can work with special effects, you can make something that will look like a magician trick. Look like something entirely different. And it just goes like that. I mean, me personally, I don't mind the supernatural elements when some wrestler types of wrestlers use it. Shorty G, over the last decades, much of the wrestling world has a Tempted to normalize having all shapes and sizes in professional wrestlers as a good match isn't indicated by how big someone is this day and age. The likes of Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, and Daniel Bryan have done a wonderful job of ensuring that smaller high-flying or technical wrestlers can be popular. However, with someone as success successful, successful and talented as Chad Gable gets mocked for his height before accepting it with open arms and willingly calls himself Shorty G, dressing up in an oversized vest and shorts, then there was a problem. This was an embarrassing period for Gable, and no one was on board with it. The Librarians. One of the very first acts that was witnessed by AEW fans was the Librarians. And this could have even turned eyes away before the properly company began. This was a gimmick that quite simply did not get over. Peter Avalon and Le Leva Bates didn't connect on the mic, and the concept of, of shushing the audience because they were librarians was far too 80s to work today. I just thought that was fucking annoying. It could have been charming, but why on earth would a pair of librarians want to compete in a caucus performing pro professional wrestling arena? It was quite boring, and one of the failed experiments early on in 
AEW. Germaphobe Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. When Dean Ambrose returned from a, after a long hiatus, looking jacked and with a new look, fans were expecting a much-needed heel turn, and it eventually came when he turned on Seth Rollins to kickstart their rivalry once again. However, the potential for a good run was silenced immediately. Ambrose became hypochondriac, wearing a gas mask, which looked like something from Batman, getting shots, and insulting the hygiene of the crowd. This was even worse given the potential of the more of a more serious intense heel character and how much better that would have been his segments were painful to witness moxley even came out and said he knew it was going to fail he knew i mean he's not really a hydrochondriac Retribution. The concept of retribution became a group of de de developmental performers in wrong superstars, causing mayhem and changing their names to somewhat other than what WWE called them was a promising one. But the execution of their invasion Poor, poor discretion of things and a lack of true motivation was all terrible. Not only that, but the group hardly ever won. Even when Mustafa Ali was revealed as their leader, in the end, they were just a bunch of superstars with stupid ring names, silly outfits, and no momentum. Lana the Cheater. WWE painted Lana as someone who cheated on her husband, Rusev, far too many times over the course of her tenure, whether it be her acting coy when The Rock talked about positions or showing an obscene amount of PDA, PDA with Bobby Lashley, Lashley, Something just wrong with my mouth today. Lana was painted in an awful light at times. In a drama or soap opera, this wouldn't be so bad. But there is little place for it in wrestling. Especially when it is done so poorly. Her relationship with Lashley was unwatchable for the most part, and it put a final nail in the coffin for Rusev's time in WWE. Need to take a sip. Kiss stealing Ric Flair. Uh, I got turned off when I saw him doing that shit. 
perhaps in the 80s, a womanizer, Ric Flair, character worked. But fast forward to 2021, it did not. During a feud with, Rick, with Charlotte Flair, his daughter, Lacey Evans and Ric Flair became very close, implying that they were having relations. Just so people will know, Lacey Evans is actually married. She was just doing a storyline. It made the 16-time world champion look like a complete creep. I would say something else. A complete shitbag. And it was truly uncomfortable to watch. It got to the point where it was even suggested that Flair could have been the father of Evan's child. But it was thankfully dropped when she left for maternity leave. Okay, so Evans was actually pregnant. Oh, wait, yeah, she was. That was before she started showing. Of course, you could see it just a little. The Nightmare Collective. When it comes to AEW, most gimmicks are often kept within the realms of reality, and they are a success. However, when Brandy Rhodes randomly decided to be evil, it felt forced. She began chopping the hair from female wrestlers, outlining herself with Awesome Kong. The group had no more, no clear motivation apart from cutting hair. The promos were painful, and the members to the team were awful, as they brought in Mel and Luther. Due to fan backlash, this group was dropped without any warning, which is which was, and is, certainly a good thing. Alexa's Playground, Alexa Bliss, who is really fucking short. Tiny. There is no denying how much Bliss put into her role, but the character itself was one of those divisive, things on WWE television at the time. Her gimmick was creepy, almost uncomfortable at times, but it went too far. From fireballs to black vomit, to a moving doll and other things, this was over the top and likely turned away some viewers. This was all supposed to be mostly a babyface character too which was even more baffling. Constable Corbin. Any one of Corbin's gimmicks since he debuted, perhaps except when he was broke, could be considered as one of the worst. However, his reign over Raw as the Constable tops them all in terms of how unwatchable it was. Long promos, uninspiring matches, dominating every show, whilst 
being completely boring made Raw plummet to record lows. He had go-away heat at this time. I already explained what go-away heat is. Even if he was talented in areas, there was nothing creative about his authority figure role. Best in the world, Shane McMahon. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't fucking think so. When Shane McMahon won the WWE World Cup, it was a little bit funny and innocent. When The Miz became obsessed with Shane McMahon being the best, so much that he wanted to form a tag team, it was charming. It was stupid. But when he turned heel, started getting announced as the best in the world, and began wrestling regularly as the top heel in the WWE, defeating Roman Reigns on pay-per-view, it was ludicrous. A 50-year-old non-wrestler being pushed as a strong in-ring talent and the top heel in WWE ended up tragically with fans turning on their formerly favorite Shane McMahon. It wouldn't have been too bad if he hadn't dominated every show he was on. That's it for that. What the hell was that? Your ice. Huh? Your ice. Oh. Okay. Um, let me see here. Everybody knows about the shark thing gimmick for Bob Breyer, the Eddie Kingston, and Chris Jericho are, are going to be doing. Don't have to go over that. Uh, let me see. Okay. Now we're going to go to the one that Paramike wanted me to go over. The 45 witch quotes that'll leave everyone spellbound. Like I said before, hopefully he remembers the question he asked me. Um, let's see if he hear. Um, trying to see here. Uh, 
a Facebook user. Of course, it just shows Facebook user on this thing. It was busy feeding. Anyway, waiting for Paramic to come back out here. Trying to see here. Hmm. I have no idea what he is doing. Hope everyone's week was actually nice out, nice wherever you're at. It's been hot down here. Um, you back now? Yes, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. now it's uh, raining outside, so that's why the windows are shut. Um, my little alarm clock over there that was sleeping went off and told me, hey, it's raining. Shut the windows. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. So, Facebook user, who said hi? Oh, um, Facebook user. Let me go back here. Uh, the first one was our lovely sister in uk oh and the other one that says hello with uh i don't know what kind of emoji that is that's a oh i think it's up. a wave or thumbs wave. up that was sarah smith oh hey sarah she was on but now she's not <laughs> karen from the uk I'm yes she's on yep um, so, uh, might have to still do a little tweaking with that, uh. but that's why I know who it was. Um, that's why down here I said, uh, you know, hello sister. And then hello, Sarah was at the bottom of it. Okay. It was like a minute apart from each other. So yeah. Another one said, ho, hey. Ah, so I don't know who that would be, but I don't either. Let me figure this out. Since that's in the group section, I can find out who said hey. Which I should see the name. Oh, it's Sarah again. She's back. Hey Sarah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but anyway, for the next story coming up, um, yes, I do remember the question. And the question is, how does this information fit in with the now? I'm gonna, another comment here. Hold on. Another Facebook user. 
and don't know who that would be. Let me refresh this. So I know. Oh, Sarah again <laughs> saying hi. How's it going, Sarah? Yes, I'm actually in the group section for the show, so I have to kind of refresh this page, but thank God it doesn't mess it up. And I have to bounce back to YouTube just to make sure that I can also see comments as well. Um, another one. She says, good. I don't know why I'm doing it. Is it shutting on your side too? Or is your thing still open? Um, your comments. My comments are showing Facebook user. That's it. Okay, so the thing didn't close. Okay, good. N no, <laughs> but I'd like to see who the fuck's talking. I was before. I know, I know. It's because she's in the Facebook group section of Facebook. So it's. It, I still got to tweak it. It was working fine last week. No, no, no. I added the Facebook group, which is the private one, uh, on to here. So it's not catching up quietly. I still have to do some more tweaking. She's not on the other page. Oh. Um, but anyways. Sarah, go to YouTube. Become a subscriber. We need to get people on our fucking channel. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that... Um, we only have 10 subscribers so far. We need it up to 1,000 yeah. subscribers. Yeah. So basically, we need 990 more, if I'm correct. I'm not good with math. Math sucks um, for me. I'm not thinking of math right now. <laughs> Neither am I. Uh, she says, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, she could find it. Uh, but anyways... Just look for EPPS 2021. The um, icon's a flaming microphone. Or if you see us, either one. You know, just type in the search bar, EPPS 2021, hit search. You see the flaming microphone with the thing that says subscribe. That's us. If you see the both of us, like you see now, just click on the video and do, this, do it that way. Um, but anyways, the question is, to the information you're about to read. Yeah. How does that correlate with the now, the then, the past, and how was it used in older times from that point to now that we slightly understand but there's still more questions than there are answers okay i can try dust off your broom because halloween will be here before you know it the haunted holiday brings so much magic and that's why it deserves a spot on your grid but it's going to take some serious sorcery to come up with enough instagram captions for all of your halloween activities 
it's a Halloween thing. So far, that's what I'm getting. If you have a few witchy adventures on, up your sleeve, a trip to Salem, Mass, or Hocus Pocus, watch party, perhaps, <coughs> then you've come to the right place. Snap as many pictures as you'd like to pair them with these witch quotes from classic Halloween movies, books, and TV shows. I'm okay. There are so many good ones to pick from. We've included famous lines from Macbeth, The Wizard of Oz, <clears throat> Practical Magic, <laughs> and other witch-filled favorites. Some sayings are dark and even a little bit scary, while others bring out the funny side of witches and witchcraft. It exists, we promise. You'll find that picking the right quote is as easy as magic. Now all that you have to do is throw on your costume, pick out a witch name, and press play on Halloween playlists to get the spooky spirit. Okay. The first quote There's a little witch in all of us. That's from Practical Magic. That the character Aunt Jet Owens said in the movie. Uh, here's the quote from The Wizard of Oz. I don't even want to say it. It's past tense. Just try and stay out of my way. Just try. I'll get you my pretty and your little dog, too. I hate the fucking line. Wiz Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz. Oh. oh, look. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. Winifred Sanderson. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> You can say what the fuck you want about Bette Midler. She did really good. She did really good playing a witch. Yeah, that's true. She has. But, you know, we've been hearing a lot about Hocus Pocus 2 coming out. Yeah, it's coming out on Disney Plus in October this year. And, you know, after we heard there was no more other news about it, and I should have saved what I saw about it because one of the news things that was posted, I forgot what, what day it was, but it sounded like there's a lot of dis uh, discrepancies in the making and the production of it. Really? Right now. Um, the, la the latest I heard now is that in Hocus Pocus 2... Supposedly going to be filmed in Salem, Massachusetts. That's where the is there, there's supposed to be now a fourth witch coming into Hocus Pocus 2? Yeah, I got that from and the, I'm like, the first one. Uh, excuse me? 
the first one came out, I got God knows when. 1993. And now, here comes... Hocus Pocus 2 for next year is supposed to be released. Filming in Salem, Massachusetts. And now they're going to be introducing a fourth witch, and they never stated that before. Hold on. I can clarify that right now. A lot of indiscrepancies with how the movie is going to be made for Hocus Pocus 2. And I'm like, well, wait a second. How the hell did this happen? Well. You got three witches from Hocus Pocus. You're coming out with Hocus Pocus 2 so Ben Midler could replay her role. Oh, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker to replay her role. And the woman from sister act that started with Whoopi Goldberg coming back to replay her role. Yeah. But but after that, it was nothing else until now they're talking about a fourth fucking witch. Well, I can clarify that. The end of Hocus Pocus, the first one, where it ends with the book opening its eye, there's the indicator that there is some a fourth witch. The book is the indicator. I knew that from the first time I saw it in 93. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. They're not talking about the book being the fourth witch. No. Supposedly, was- there's another witch that was supposed to be in the first movie but never came true. Now in the second movie, there's a fourth witch. The fourth witch is supposed to be at the Senate. From Salem, Massachusetts. The fourth witch is supposed to be a direct descendant of them. That's what I got so far of the plot. There's not much to go on from the plot, but what I can gather... One, the book from the 93 film was indicating, not showing the book as a goddamn witch, but the book indicating there's another one, which we fast forward to the one that's coming out, which can also indicate the witch, the fourth witch, Um, the fourth witch could be a direct descendant of them. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense for you. Doesn't make sense for you. It's just the the indiscrepancy of it. Is the only thing that's not making any sense to me. I mean, why would they now come out with a fourth witch when Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out next year. I don't know. Won't know until we see Due it. Due to the fact that it's been, you know, all three actors are there, <coughs> you know, making sure the movie is going to be perfect, it's going to come out right, different dialoguing. We don't know if the scripts. other actors 
we don't know if the other actors from the um, 93 film are coming back to their roles, though. Yeah, that, that, that's the indiscrepancy because they went from the three three main actors, which are reprising their role. Yeah. The book is coming back, as far as I yeah, heard. Yeah, that, the book is the Winifred's book. So, yeah, they got to put the book in there. Yeah. And now they're talking about a fourth witch coming into the fray. As I said, a descendant or someone that is somehow related to them. Um, before some people jokingly say, oh, you're in the film. No, I'm not. <laughs> she would not step foot on Salem's soil. Sorry. Matter of fact, she wouldn't even step foot back pardon? in Massachusetts. I would step foot back in Salem. Yeah, if it wasn't in Massachusetts, though. Yeah, I would. It's... You would. Salem, Mass is, I've said it before, is my home away from home. Shit, my ancestors have practically built that fucking town. That is true. So, yeah, I would step foot back on there. I'm the only, technically, I'm the only one in my family, along with my brother, Richie, who would actually go to the area in Salem where we were told not to go to. That's true. Because <laughs> we didn't give a fuck. <laughs> That's true. Moving on. Um, you're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice. I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right. I'm the witch. It's actually from the witch into the woods. Um, my perception on that movie <laughs> that line was actually one of the best in the fucking film. The whole thing. In the old days, okay, this is from the craft. In the old days, if a witch betrayed her coven, they would kill her. Which was said by Nancy Downs. When you sleep, my spirits slip away from my body. And dances naked with the devil. Thomason from The Witch. Eh, so-so for that movie too. We all jump off the roof and fly. Sally Owens from Practical Magic. You know what it says on Love Potions. Shake well, but don't tell. Nikki Hol Holroyd from Book Wait. From Bell, Book, and Candle. It sounds like a book. It does. 
Relax. It's only magic. Sarah Bailey from the craft. On all how okay, you've seen Hocus Pocus a couple of times when Adina watched it. When we were in Lord's Time Hell. Yes. I'm gonna read you this quote. I'm gonna kinda quiz you. Oh shit. On all hollow all hallows eve when the moon is round a virgin will summon us from under the ground oh oh we shall be back and the lives of all the children of salem will be mine now here's the quiz whose character said that wasn't that Ben miller's character yeah winifred that's right I be the witch. Although it it did sound like a a spell in a lot of ways. It is a spell. But isn't that also used in, in real life? Well, uh, <laughs> not technically real life, but maybe f- technologically in real life for like seances or it's... In a paranormal realm world, <laughs> to like try to talk to a spirit or something. It's it is a spell, but it's more of a curse. It's a curse. Okay, so that's the spell. One is side, curse. but is it also considered to be in the paranormal realm to try to talk to a spirit, or is that something way different? That's way different. Way different? Okay. Way different because it's a cur- It's stated as a curse. Okay, I didn't see that. I in didn't... the paranormal, when someone is cursed, it can be in different different forms. It can be done by a spell from a witch that could have cursed someone's bloodline from eons. Like I keep saying, I know I'm cursed. <laughs> cursed because of my fucking mother. That is true, folks. <laughs> Come on, even Richie said, yeah, she's kind of cursed. Look at who her mother is. <laughs> and her brother. Oh, well. But, so it doesn't equal into the paranormal world for something like that. No. Okay, because I, I, saw, I, saw, I read that before, before I sent it to you. And I was thinking back, well, what was it? Okay, there was an episode on Ghost Adventures kind of similar to this particular part in the story. Yeah. And I'm thinking, was like, is it the same thing? Because in, in one way, it does sound like it's the same thing. But then you... Then I asked you that, and then you said it's way different from... Mm-hmm. What I remember from Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. and reading that part in the story, thinking, okay, it's it's got to be the same thing in a lot of ways, but there's still a question there that I don't think there's an answer for. Mm. Just to go to one direction to yeah. get to the answer, but now since you said it's not. It's like that one answer just became more questions. 
but I didn't think it was debunkable. Yeah, I just did. Yeah, I know, but it's I'm considered dub- a curse, but in a paranormal sense, no. <coughs> okay. Moving on, be the witch of the wood. Th- uh, Thomason from the witch wasn't a bad line either. <coughs> Careful. The spell you cast, just not on children. Sometimes the spell may last past what you can see and turn against you. Which, from the woods, from Into the Woods, I did like that film. It wasn't, pretty, wasn't too bad. They did pretty good lines in there. What's the matter? Flip the switch and let the cauldron bubble from Aunt Frances Owens from Practical Magic. I find the fastest way to travel is by candlelight. Tristan Thorne from Stardust. Now is the time. Now is the hour. Ours is the magic. Ours is the power. Now is the time. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. Ours is the power. Nancy, Rochelle, Bonnie from the craft. It wasn't a bad spell line that I could tell you. Something like what I just said is considered a spell and considered witchcraft because of how it's worded. Come in, come in, my child. Oh, God. You have to put in a fucking Disney line? Really? Uh. Unfortunately, my niece would play this one all the fucking time. So much I knew the fucking lines. I think she did that on purpose. Come in, come in, my child. We mustn't lurk in doorways. It's rude. One might question your upbringing. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. (laughs) That's not really a spell. That's a fucking saying. (laughs) I am not saying this last line. Because it's from the Wizard of Oz. Okay. I'll say this one. And it deals with Hocus Pocus. Come little children. I'll take thee away. Into a land of enchantments. Come little children. The times come to play. Here in my garden. Of magic. Almost sounds like the enchanted forest. (laughs) That was on Ghost Adventures. It's not. (laughs) When Aaron decided to become a little kid again. No, it's not. But it it sounds like it though. Yeah. It sounds like it's from the Enchanted Forest. 
It's not, but it's from Hocus Pocus. Well, yeah, I know that. I'm just saying it just sounds like the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If you think about it really deeply, it sounds like something from the Enchanted Forest that we've seen on Ghost Avengers that would fit it so perfectly. Maybe you, not me. I think it would be everybody would be thinking that. Not me. <laughs> oh, that's the Enchantus Forest saying. No. Or theme. <laughs> Which, uh, who said that line? Oh, shit. Um, I th- it was either Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Yes. It was? Oh, yes. okay. She I was going to say it was either her or the other one. No, the fat one? No. <laughs> sister said that. No. Sarah Jessica Parker, yes, she's singing that one. Okay. Due to the fact it is a poem. And supposedly it refers to the fucking shipment season. How? I don't know. But it was one song my niece didn't want to hear anymore <laughs> after I got done. Blasting it to hell. Because I was trying to prove it. Yeah, I know. One, you were trying to prove it. Two, you were trying to debunk it. Three, you were trying to think if it if it was a folklore or if it was a spell. It wasn't a spell. It was a fucking poem. No, no. At the However, time. At the time. In yeah. front of your niece. You were trying to either debunk it, think it was a spell, or think it was a folklore. Well, looking back on it, what I just said. Is it can be considered a spell? One, the way it's worded. Two, how one actually verbally says it. Next one, this is from TV shows. I have to be a witch. I have to be immortal. I have to be a teenager. And I have to be a girl all at the same time. That's from Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think that was one with, uh, what's her name? can't remember the woman the girl's name but she she did cart a nickelodeon fucking show clarissa it begins with absence and desire it begins with blood and fear it begins with the discovery of witches it's literally discovery of witches it's obviously discovery plus Death cannot be feared, for death in time comes to all witches. That's from Charn from Leo Wyatt. Remember, peace on earth, goodwill to men includes witches. Okay. You've used to watch Nick and Night, right? When you were younger? 
once in a great blue moon, but other than that, no. Okay. Remember, peace on earth, goodwill to men, includes witches. Samantha Stevens. Oh, that was uh, Bewitched. Very good. That was before Cable even came out. I was watching that show on <laughs> um, Channel 20 WTXX. Yeah, very good. That's before Cable was even invented. The witch who says she's not scared is battle, in battle, is a liar. The real witch is the one who fights. Mm. From Charmed, yeah. Leah Wyatt. Yeah. But that other saying, though, I don't want to go off the topic, but the other saying was also in, I believe, my King Arthur book that I used to have. Mm. It's what King Arthur and Merlin said to uh, their warriors. Mm. Okay. It can take years to develop a craft. Look at my aunts, Hilda and Zelda. Sabrina. Sabrina, the teenage witch. The cat was my favorite. I like the cat. That's the only reason I watch this stupid show. Because the cat. <laughs> You remember the girl's name who played Sabrina in that show? Yeah, it was Melissa Joan Hart. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name from the first line I did. Yeah, it was Melissa Joan Hart. She played Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Blonde, of course, but... Okay. Wasn't really paying attention to all three of the females in the entire damn show, but it was the fucking cat I was already tuned into because he was fucking hilarious. So did I. Sarcastic. An asshole cat and a fucking comedian all rolled into one. It was like watching George Carlin, Sam Kinison, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Um, shit, who's the other one? I don't know. That I used to watch. I can't remember now. But it was like f all five of these comedians rolled into one fucking furball. Oh, yeah. And the show was fucking hilarious. So the reason of why I watched the show because of the cat. Fucking cat was hilarious. You okay? Here's another one. You got involved with a witch, and when you do that, weird stuff happens. Uncle Arthur. That was bewitched. Very good. Silly witches tricks are for kids. Demon evolution. Charmed. That was a stupid ass episode. Ain't that the fucking commercial of uh, tricks with the fucking rabbit and put that in there? I don't remember that one, but damn, that was stupid. Yep. What the fuck? Now, when it comes to Santa Claus, most mortals don't believe he exists. Just like they don't believe in witches. Samantha Stevens. I don't ever remember that in Bewitched. Very good, but that was said. <laughs> I don't ever remember that being said, unless it was Samantha's mother. Maybe. That said that. And, I th and if she did, it was probably to Tabitha, Samantha and Darren's da uh, daughter. Beware the witch with the blood of the lion and the wolf. Meridi Meridiana. Discovery of Witches. 
I, it sounds like that's from a, sh um, a show that Discovery Plus was doing. I didn't watch it. We didn't see it because we don't have cable nor streaming services because technically we can't afford it. No. We, we can, but... Maybe next year we can. Right now? No. These quotes are from books. A witch never gets caught. Don't forget that she has magic in her fingers. In devilry, dancing in her blood. Renald Dahl, the witches. For some, witchery was a choice, but not for them. By Alice Hoffman, Magic Lessons. Magic comes from what is inside you. It is a part of you. You can't weave together a spell that you don't believe in. That's actually said by Jim Butcher from Dresden Files. Okay. That saying is actually true. If you cast a spell and you don't believe in it, guess what? Nothing's going to work. You have to believe in who you are. You're a witch. You have to believe in who you really are. And believe in the spell and the magic you weave. For it to actually work. That's why when I do my spells, my magic, I believe in it. For one. And two, I was born as one. And so weren't my brothers. So, you believe in magic. You believe in witchcraft. You believe you can cast a spell. And you believe you really are a witch. Then there should be no problems. But, be careful of what spells you do. And what path you walk on. Into the air, over the valleys, under the stars, above a river, above, above a river, a pond, a road, flew Cece. Invisible as new spring winds, fresh as the breath of clover rising from twilight fields, she flew. Ray Bradbury, the April Witch. These are books. These are from books. Never put your faith in a prince. Would require a miracle. Trust in a witch. Catherine M. Valentine. Valenti. In the night garden. Let it be difficult and painful. As the sentence for for crimes of witchery must be Alice Hoffman 
from magic lessons. Real witches dress in ordinary clothes and look very much like ordinary women and men. They live in ordinary houses and they work in ordinary jobs. That is why they are so hard to catch, which is very true. <laughs> By Roald, Roald Dahl, the witches. A witch is born out of the true hungers of her time. Ray Bradbury, long after midnight. She was like all the fairies, the ones with the wings, and witches that had ever lived before her. She lived without consequence and lived on desire and desire alone. From Chris Colfer, the wishing, the wishing Spell. A real witch hates children with a red hot sizzling hatred that is more sizzling and red hot than any hatred you could possibly imagine. That's not true. Roald Dahl from the Witches. Witches don't like, witches don't look like anything. Witches are, witches do. Franny Billingsley from Chime. Okay. Cool it with a baboon's blood. Then the charm is firm and good. Okay. Paramike has seen me do Shakespeare. I'm going to say this line. Cool it with a baboon's blood. Then the charm is firm and good. That's been so long for me. <laughs> and due to the fact that I had a hard time trying to keep up with the rest of your acting career at the time. Although when it was said, I was thinking, you know, Macbeth and Hamlet. Macbeth. But it was like in different versions. No, it was Macbeth. Yeah, but wasn't there different versions though? No. After after the Macbeth ones, wasn't there different versions of that? No. I thought there was. Nope. I thought there was was wasn't for like Hamlet and um, King Arthur stuff. No. I thought there was. Not for William Shakespeare. That was Macbeth. Mm. I know of witches whistle at different pitches calling things that don't have names Helen Hoyami white is for witching that's from the a book I guess okay here's another one for Shakespeare Doyle bleh. that not that line 
Double, double, toil, trouble. Fire, burn, cauldron, bubble. That was Bed Midler. Not from William Shakespeare. Yeah, but that was wasn't that using Bed Midler in the Hocus Pocus, the original? No. When they were around the cauldron? No. I thought it was. Not that I can remember. I swear to God, I heard that in Hocus Pocus. When all three of them were together in their little home or whatever it was. Yeah. Around the cauldron. I I swear to God, that was a spell that they were using. It might have been, but these are books. Yeah, I know. So I don't know. I know know they're books, but I believe it was. No. This is Macbeth. Our moderator says something a little different. Richard, the third witches of Endor. <laughs> I know that too, uh, Gloria, but I'm already going by what I'm reading. <laughs> I mean, if it's said in other forms... Obviously, it probably came after this initial line was done. Everyone deserves a chance to fly. Winifred, yeah, Winifred, the Winnie Holzman from the Wicked, from Wicked. A real witch gets the same pleasure from squelching a child as you get from eating a playful of strawberries in thick cream <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't that also you wasn't that also used in hocus pocus the first one that saying or when the, all three of them are around the cauldron because i kind of remember that I'm sorry for throwing you off on don't that. worry about it i'm actually done but I, I swear to God that that's that was used in the Hocus Pocus, the original one with the two with the three witches all, all around the cauldron. Okay, um, that's everything. So far, from what I can answer your question, some of these they, that I've read can be considered or construed as spells of witches. Majority of them are just folklore. I mean, some lines... are mostly like warnings. Like, if you do something, you have to be sure you know what you're asking for. Because it could bite you in the ass. Let me see. Do I have anything else? 
fuck, I hate it. All right. <laughs> so, I am the best noy person alive that has never seen Hocus Pocus. <laughs> It's wow. okay, Gloria. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's okay, Gloria. <laughs> Let's see. That's about all I can really do. You got any stories? Yeah, I do. Take a break. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. I got. I got some of them. Like, um, actually, has to deal with the ships again. They're popping up. Ah. Uh, let's see. Let me switch to the other camera over here. Excuse me. Give me a second here to switch. Better work. Okay. Uh, I did not know about this in New York, but this is on Staten Island's boat graveyard is home to ghost ships of errors past. Holy crap. Staten Island may be the latest popular of the five boroughs, but it has a rather unique attraction. Staten Island Boat Graveyard is a marine scrappy yard or scrapyard, also known for other names like Tugboat Graveyard, Arthur Killboat Yard, and Whitey or Witty Marine Scrapyard. It is one of the spookiest places in NYC, New York City, for most of you blothering idiots with no brain cells. And if there were ghosts, they would certainly be there. The Staten Island Boat, boat, yard, boat Graveyard is an eerie and intriguing sight. I hate when they have to put eerie and intriguing into the same damn sentence. But there are far, far larger shipbreaking yards in the world, particularly in South Asia. Really now. Then I have to look up for the next podcast show of South Asia. India's Alang shipbreaking yard is the largest of all shipbreaking yards and is where the largest of ocean going ships go to die. I have a bit of an issue with that part, but okay. This is a place where boats go to die and is hard 
to believe that this place is still within the city limits of New York City. The Staten Island Boat Graveyard is officially called the Dijon Iron and Metal Scrap Process Facility and is a dumping ground for old wrecked barges, decommissioned ferries, and tugboats. The boat scrapyard was founded by John J. Witt, or White, I don't W-I-T-T-E, in the 1930s, and is something similar to an automobile salvage yard. Parts from old boats are salvaged and sold. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's an oversized scrapyard that you would go and find parts for a cheaper price. Many of these vessels have sunk or sunk in and are sitting particularly submerged in the mud and shallow waters. Who wants to go get wet? There they wait until they are dismantled or otherwise salvaged. You see, dismantled, probably for parts. Otherwise salvaged? I don't know. I would say salvage would be maybe maintain, keep maintenance for history purposes. Oh. It was not originally intended for the vessels to become so uh, decepted or decrepit. Words are hard. Sorry, folks. The operation was meant to harvest the old vessels for anything of value, but the shipbreakers couldn't keep pace with the large influx of boats, especially after it became a dumping ground for the old dingles. Okay. Some ships have fallen into such disrepair that they have been left to rot in the murky tidal waters. Literally, looks like they're just sitting there in mud. The vessels of the Staten Island Boat Graveyard, it is reported to have around 100 ships and boats in 2010, according to WNYC News. Although that is down from the peak of around 400 vessels. Many of these vessels are historic and would be a great accidental marine museum i'm going to stop right there because i would not put the word great accidental marine museum pieces no i would i would take out the word accidental and just put a great marine museum of history me too not the way it was put here 
That kind of offends me. I mean, granted, I like old boats. I like old ships. I like the history of them. Although I would never go on a boat because I do have a phobia for it. But the the history of it, well, not just that, just as long as the damn thing doesn't fucking decide to go, wee, see ya. I'm taking your ass with me. That No, that doesn't fly with me. If it's still, if it's not sitting in mud or water and it's just like there, propped up on something that holds boats and it's not near water, I'd go on the damn thing. Just for the beauty of it, the history of it, how it looked, stuff like that, that would be fine with me. But don't say accidental. Had it not been for being a hazardous industrial site, oh, God, here we go. Notable vessels that are or were, they're included or include the USS PC-1264, a World War II submarine chaser, and the Abraham S. Hewitt, a city, New York, or I'm sorry, a New York City Fire Department fireboat. Okay. On the ship, the USS YOG-64 is an ex-Navy gas tanker posted near the Bikini Atoll during the Operation Sandstone Nuclear Weapons test back in the 1948. Today, it is possible for the intrepid divers with deep pockets to go out and dive the sunken nuclear fleet at Bikini Atoll. I really would hate to see the price of that. So wouldn't I. To be honest with you all. I mean, if if you have a bone graveyard and you're going to allow people to dive into something like this for the divers, why say have deep pockets? Doesn't really sound like it's affordable. I mean, for history-wise, for divers to actually do something like this in a boat graveyard, or people that are enthusiasts that would like to know more about the history of a ship or a boat, there should be no charge at all. Visiting the Staten Island Boat Graveyard. Unfortunately, the State Island Boat Graveyard is closed to the public for safety reasons. Why didn't you say that before? Understandable, given the hazard of so many rusting, rotting, and decaying old boats and ships, some of the wrecks are very 
I can't even say this fucking word. Disarray. Thank you. Or no, D E T E R I O R A T E D. Uh, I don't know. Deteriorated. That's it. I knew I would get it sooner or later. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, in this picture, I can see most of the boats and ships and whatever deteriorated. I would just take those and get rid of them. But yet, maybe keep, if the name of the boat or ship or whatever is not that deteriorated, just keep that part right there and, like, prop it up on land. With a photograph of where the boat was sitting at the time. Something like that. Maybe the history along with the photograph. That would be perfect. But if other boats just got, you know, got rust. But no hole in it. You know, you can actually repair that. Yeah. Pick it out out of the water or the mud. Clean it off. Make it look nice and pretty. And put it somewhere on land where people can actually go see it. That's what I would do if I owned a bone graveyard or a boat bone graveyard, as I would call it. The site is hard to reach and access is forbidden. There are no trespassing and beware of dog signs. Well, of course. Although this hasn't... Uh, Sued some photographers and artists explore the decaying ships with kayaks and other boats. Does that sound to you like, um, oops, we forgot to add one more thing yeah. to the area? Yeah, it does. I guarantee you the sharks would do it. Go right up into it. Probably. You can't stop us. We'll eat your ass alive. <laughs> As one article put it, reaching the marshy spot on southwestern Staten Island where good boats go to die requires a car, sturdy footwear, and a willingness to be protected to the full extent of the law. Doesn't that almost sound like you need a really high certification letter? Yeah. By the state itself for that. But to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. That's only if you don't have a letter. Of course, there is a YouTube video of this, which I can't play because YouTube will fucking give me a copy strike because they're pricks. But you can actually watch it on our website that will be posted later on. Probably not tonight, but probably sometime tomorrow. But this article is pretty big, so I will have a link to it for you guys to check out more of it and watch the video. And it will also be on our farm board page as well, as soon as I get it up there. Uh, more ghost ships washed ashore on infamous 
infamous island during a rough storm. Officials were at first bewildered when they came upon a mysterious ghost ship with no captain or crew on board that had washed ashore on a secluded island off the coast of Cambodia. I was almost about to say Cambodia. (laughs) Changed the A into an O. During an intense storm this week, three life jackets from the wreckage were spotted about 160 feet, 50 meters, away from where the rusted old shipping vessel ran aground on the rocky beach of KOH Tang Island Tuesday evening, officials told Cambodia's News English. 160 feet, but yet they they put it as 50 meters away. Mm-hmm. That's one hell of a matrix systems I still don't understand in math. I figure 160 feet would maybe like be 160 feet meters. Yeah. Authorities with the KOH Tang Observation Force inspected the shipwreck and quickly scored or scoured the shoreline for any signs of the ship's occupants the following morning, but to no availability. An official with the Maritime Security Observation, or I'm sorry, yeah, security, scrutiny or security, one of the two, Observation told CNE it was only days later, however, the authorities found four Chinese sailors who had reportedly abandoned the ship, named the Seekang or Sunkang, S E N G K A N G, in the rough seas, jumped overboard and somehow managed to swim to the island in rough waters. CNE reported. I wonder if that's a Chinese news um, network or something like that. I don't know. The strong winds and waves from the storm drifted the ship ashore. The four, including the captain of the vessel, were taken in for questioning. Talk about just kicking in your balls after you just swam in a storm from a sh- from your own vessel. Mm-mm-mm. There is a whole video of the U.S. ship sunk during World War II, found in the Philippines, world deepest shipwreck. And a whole bunch of more stories. Um which actually happened on July 11th through July 14th. Hmm. How creepy is that? The choppy waters and blustery conditions had prompted the country's Ministry of Water Resources and Meteorology 
to issue a weather warning earlier in the week to fishermen and tour boats operators. Officials followed suit by ordering a ban on all trips to KOH Tang and the other coastal islands from July 11th through the 14th. The rough seas prevented officials from boarding the ship to investigate further until Thursday when staff from the observation force managed to gain access once the waters were calm. At first, we were not able to get close enough to the ship to check its markings. There was no sign of which country it came from. The local official, S.O.P. Heap, Santold C.N.E., the secluded KOH Tang Island located about 30 miles off the coast of Cambodia in the Gulf of Thailand is best known as the site of the last battle of the Vietnam War in May of 1975, two weeks after the fall of Saigon. Interesting in that one. Duh, monkey. Interesting on that one. Monkey, monkey, say hi. Yum, meow. Yum, meow. Say hi. Meow. He's just like, please put me down. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel like it. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel like coughing. Bless you. Bless you. Okay, I do believe I did a story on Lake Mead before in Nevada. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, 57, 58 or something like that. I don't know. But bless you again. But now here's another story. Uh, as Leve- uh, Nevada's Lake Mead dries up with more surprises emerging. Huh. Lake Mead. A um, reservoir that supplies electricity to over 350,000 homes, as well as um, irrigation, irrigation, something like that, and drinking water to about 25 million people has reached record low water levels. The declining water levels are a result of a climate change-fueled mega-drought coupled with increasing water demands in the southwestern United States. Fear or fears are increasing that Lake Mead could in years ahead become a Deadpool. Really? You got to use a movie reference? Deadpool? (laughs) And a character? When the water levels become too low to flow downstream from nearby Hoover Dam, 
Well, let's see. You have the Hoover Dam. Why don't you just open the fucking thing and let the water flow? There would be a drought. According to the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, the water level at Lake Mead, North America's largest artificial reservoir, has dropped to about 1,044 feet above sea level. The water level at Lake Mead is the lowest it's been since being filled in 1937 after the construction of the Hoover Dam. As the water levels decline, more and more surprises have been found. Shocking. It'll be a good spot to go uh, ghost hunting. See if there's any spirits there. Maybe. Recently, a suck in World War II era Higgins landing craft revealed itself near the Lake Mead Marina. Talk about being under your nose. No kidding. This war relic used to be nearly 200 feet underwater, and now it is plain sight. Or is it or is in plain sight as the water has receded handguns, baby strollers, tackle boxes, old Coors cans, and many other items have also been discovered. After the discovery, a human body in a barrel. Creepy. Treasure hunters such as Matt Blanchard and Sean Rosen have come to the lake to try their luck. Luck in what, I wonder. The duo told the Washington Post, we're expecting jewelry, Rosen said. Where there's bodies, there's treasures. Talk about making a quick buck. Mm. The historic drought that is drying up Lake Mead caught the media's attention when a barrel with a body was found in the springs. Or in the spring, I should say. Shocking. I don't remember ever seeing a story like that online. Hmm. i have to look for that. Lake Mead has revealed the secrets it has been hiding for many years. On May 1st, 2022, which was two months ago, KLAS TV in Las Vegas reported that a barrel containing human remains was found by boaters immersed in the mud of Nevada's Lake Mead. I don't remember hearing that story either. I guess I got some homework to do. The police believed that the barrel may be from the 1980s based on the personal items inside the barrel. According to Lieutenant Ray Spencer, from the Las Vegas Metro Police, it is believed 
that the individual inside the barrel was killed by a gunshot wound approximately 40 years ago. When the Las Vegas Metro Police addressed the local news station regarding the discovery, they said it would take a lot of work to discover the identity of the individual who was found in the barrel. Lieutenant Spencer also said, I would say there is a very good chance as well the water level drops that we are going to find additional human remains. Speculations or theory? I don't know. Lieutenant Spencer's suspects or suspicions were correct. And on May 7th of 2022, more human remains were found at Lake Mead. The Guardian reported that National Park Service rangers responded to a call that reported more human remains found in Colville Bay. Two sisters who were out paddleboarding in Colville's Bay, a popular area for water activities, discovered the remains. The Guardian reports that the siblings thought they had simply found the remains of a bighorn sheep. Did we have bighorn sheep back then? I don't know. I never Maybe. heard of a bighorn sheep. I've seen sheep with big horns. However, upon closer inspection, it became clear that they were indeed the bones of a human. The duo spotted a jaw bone that left no doubt, so they contacted the park officials. Lynette Melvin, if I said you, if I said her first name wrong, sorry, told K Last TV for the longest time I was in disbelief. Like I did not think that we actually found human remains. According to statements given to the media by the Las Vegas Police Department, the Clark County Coroner's Office is trying to determine the identity of the remains. However, the police say they are not investigating the case as a homicide at this time. Excuse me? So what type of investigations are, are you going to proclaim this to be? If it's if they're going to say, well, we're not going to consider it as a homicide case at this time, then what type of case is it? Can anybody come up with an idea? Lake Mead is a lifeline for 25 million people, along with millions of acres of farmland, not only in Nevada, but in California, Arizona, and Mexico. 
or in this case, Mexico. As temperatures in the area have reached record highs and snowpack melt has decreased, the lake has been tipping towards crisis. Well, it is in the west of the United States, and of course, it gets hotter out there. Uh, yeah. Now, my question is, is why is the west coast always getting the hottest temperatures compared to Pacific, Central, and us being here in the east coast? Mm-hmm. A bathtub ring left by mineral deposits can be seen on the rocky desert slopes as far as 150 feet from the retreating shoreline, leaving a virtual record of the hundreds of feet of water level of the lake has received over the years. That usually happens. In April 2022, water levels at Lake Mead were so low that a water valve that had not been visible since 1971 was exposed. The Southern Nevada Water Authority released a statement regarding the water levels at Lake Mead. The Colorado River Basin is experiencing the worst drought in record history. The Water Agency also said in a statement posted on its website, since 2000 snowfall and runoff into the bison have been well below normal. These conditions have resulted in significant water level declines at major system reservoirs, including Lake Mead and Lake Powell. The LA Times reports that water uh, districts have had to apply severe water use restrictions. Well, of course. Adele H, I'm just going to say that because I can't pronounce the, the person's last name. Sorry. The district water manager for Southern California said the ballpark figure we're looking at is getting to the consumption of about 80 gallons per person per day. We're trying to preserve everything we can. And that's it for that story. So basically, there's a bunch of morons out there looking for fucking treasures. Just to make a quick book. Water drought being severe. Understandable. Things that people would never have seen coming. Or even imagined to be in Lake Mead. Popping up. Which should be a historic site right now. 
technically a historical site, but it'll be a fucking paranormal's dream to go out there and investigate. Yeah. To see if there's any spirits out there. How do they get trapped in Lake Mead? Why are there certain things out there? It's like a fucking dream for people like this. Not fucking Babu Morans and just want to make a quick buck. It should be the property of Lake Mead. Yeah. It's there. It's sunk. Nobody knew about it. Here it is, the water drought. And bam. It's a fucking investigator's dream. I would just do it like that. 